It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother, Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. You ready to get this? Yes, sir. Of course, you're doing Mighty Righty Toasty Roasty. Shh. I don't know what you speak of, sir. We'll keep it that way. I was just messing with you a little bit just for <laughs> fun. But we are ready to do some baseball, basketball talk. We actually have a little bit of NBA news, a little, little snippet of news. A little tidbit. A little, little tenderloin of news so we'll get to that momentarily but first let's start with some MLB records and standing shall we let's do it brother where did the arrow go there it is <laughs> I gotta find the arrow there for a second to see where I'm looking at <laughs> alright the MLB records for this last week starting from the bottom going to the top in the American League the Orioles are once again playing like crap are 1-5 and five. Rangers 2-5 and five. Twins 2-5 and five. Royals 2-4 and four. Tigers 4-2 four and two. Angels two and four, Indians four and two, Mariners three and three, A's five and one, Yankees four and three, Blue Jays four and two, Red Sox five and one, White Sox three and three, Astros five and two, and the Rays went three and four. The Rays are kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, but their division lead's big enough that we'll talk about here in a little bit that they might not have to worry about it. It's just weird that they're kind of kind of tapering off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it seems a little odd, especially since yeah. they're trying to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs against the. National League teams. Yeah. That we'll be talking about here also momentarily. In the National League, speaking of, from the bottom to the top, here we go. The Diamondbacks playing like crap are one and five. <laughs> Pirates four and two. Nationals two and four. Marlins three and three. Cubs two and four. Rockies four and one. Mets one and six. Padres two and five. Phillies four and two. Reds two and four. Braves one and four. The Cardinals are six and oh. Holy crap. Here come the Cards. The Redbirds are coming. They're churning. And they're what's churning. up with the Maddies, dude? They fell apart. Braves aren't been doing very well either. They're falling apart. But luckily for them, the well, no, not really luckily for them because the Phillies are kind of nipping at their heels. So it's going to get interesting here in the last two weeks. 
The Brewers are two and three. Dodgers five and one. The Giants are four and three. But the Dodgers are still behind the Giants. It sucks. We're gonna talk about that. Here we go. In the National League, AL East, the Rays still lead the division at 92 and 58 and six and a half up on second place. Red Sox at 86 and 65. The Rays, by the way, have a 613 win percentage. I forgot to say that. The Red Sox at 86 and 65 have a 570 win percentage. And like I said, six and a half back. The Blue Jays are right behind the Sox at 84 and 65, a 564 win percentage, and seven and a half back. The Yankees are 83 and 61 with a 553 win percentage, nine games back. And then your favorite losers, the Orioles, are 47 102 with a 315 win percentage and 44 and a half back of the Rays. Lord. <sighs> so they have made it to triple digits and losses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it gets worse, and we'll talk. Well, not worse, but it gets pretty bad still. We'll get to that point in just a little bit. In the it central, gets worse than that. Though. Close. We're neck and neck, and worse. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, the White Sox in the Central Division are eighty-five and sixty-four with a five-seventy-one percentage. The Indians just a game under five hundred at seventy-three and seventy-four with a four-ninety-seven win percentage and eleven back. The Tigers are 72 and 78 with a 481 percentage and 13 and a half back. The Royals are 67 and 82 with a 450 win percentage and 18 back. And the Twins are 65 and 85 with a 433 win percentage and 20 and a half games behind the White Sox. Out west in the American League, the Astros still lead the division at 88 and 61 with a 591 win percentage. The Mariners are 82 and 67 with a 551 percentage and six games back. Wait. I think I had that backwards. I think it's the A's, not the Mariners. Hang on. Re- rewind. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. I think I messed up and forgot to change that. Don't mind me, folks. I just had to think I made an error and I got to double check. <laughs> I did. Sorry. The A's are in second place in the division at 82 and 67. And the Mariners are 80 and 69. There we go. My bad. Followed by the Angels, who are 72 and 77 with a 483 win percentage and 16 back. The Rangers are 55 and 94 with 369 win percentage and 33 back. Whew. Well, the fact that you caught yourself on that. Yeah, I started thinking about it and go, I don't think that's right. Huh. <laughs> Didn't I just say the Mariners were ahead of the A's? Or the A's were ahead of the Mariners just a little bit ago? Yeah, I did. Oops. Anyways, National League East. Here we go. Braves, 77 and 7 with a 524 win percentage. Phillies, 76 and 73 with 510 win percentage. Two back. Your Metropolitans are 73 and 77 with a 487 win percentage and five and a half back. The Marlins are 63 and 86 with a 423 win percentage and 15 back. The Nationals are 61 and 88 with a 409 win percentage and 17 back. At least for the Marlins, they can't lose 100 games because they will only lose as most as 99. Not that they care. <laughs> the Nationals, though, could still lose 100 games. Uh, the Twins can't. Rangers can. We'll talk about the other teams. The Brew Crew, speaking of. The National League Div- Division winners, Central Division winners, or leaders, sorry, are 91-58-611 win percentage. The Cardinals are 79-59 with a 534 win percentage. 11.5 back. Don't know if the Cards are going to catch them, but they at least got back into the wild card rates. And with some momentum carrying them into the playoffs, might be a threat to anybody. Could be. We'll never know. 
Reds, 77 to 73 with a 513 win percentage. 14 and a half back. Cubs, 67 83 with a 444, 447 win percentage. 24 and a half back. The Pirates are 56 93 with a 376 win percentage. 35 games back and still have a chance to lose 100 games this year. In fact, they're seven away. Boy. <laughs> While the Rangers are six away. <sighs> Ooh, it's going to get interesting. And then out west in the National League, the Giants still lead the division. That one. 97 and 53 with a 647 win percentage. The Dodgers are right behind them at 96 and 54 with a 640 win percentage. If we would have beat the Reds and swept them the whole series, we'd be tied. But no, we had to be bad little Dodgers and lose a game to the Reds. Mm-hmm. Damn Reds. Anyways, the Padres are doing their best to freaking fall apart as they're going 76 and 73 now with a 510 win percentage and 20 and a half back. The Rockies are 70 and 79 with a 470 win percentage, 26 and a half back. And the Diamondbacks, the other team with 100 losses, is 48 101 with a 322 win percentage and 48 and a half behind the Giants. Mm. Therefore, have been completely eliminated from playoff contention. Love it. Love it, like it a lot. Now, you don't, we, you don't like it that much, you know. The Dodgers are still, you know. Now, if we can just not in first place. Now, if we can just get in first place, <laughs> we'd be all right. Everything would be good and Gucci in the world, but no, Giants have to be in the ring. Anyways, are you ready for some did news? Did you really just say Gucci? I did. Are you ready for some news? Let's do this. So we're going to take a moment to appreciate sportsmanship that was displayed by Mookie Betts against the Reds. In the bottom half of the sixth inning on Sunday and his team trailing 6-1, T.J. Friedel got his very first hit and it was a home run. Mookie, realizing what what happened in the special moment for T.J., went towards the stands and interacted with the fan who caught the ball. Mookie offered a souvenir in exchange for the ball. The fan obliged and Mookie got the ball to first base coach Delano DeShields of the Reds who then got it to TJ. In the bottom half of the seventh inning, Betts returned to the field and he brought with him an autographed bat for the fan who gave up the home run ball. To do something like that for an opponent is beyond sports. Mad respect for Mookie Betts. For real, dude. I mean, to do that for somebody that's not even on your team, right? that shows sportsmanship. And that's what this world needs is, is somebody like that, you know, given... Giving back like that. That's way awesome, dude. I love this. This, I'm glad you brought this up. This is awesome. Yeah, we tend to forget that sports um, brings out the better in some people than not just the worst when you like fans. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've all seen me get mad so over a freaking game. But we also get to see it bring out the good in people. And uh, seeing Mookie Betts do that for an opponent is just really great. Especially since... Not only is it the opponent who did it, it's in Cincinnati. So he's doing this with a Cincinnati Reds fan, by the way. It's not like he's at home in the Dodgers and they gave up the home run. It's a Dodger fan who's like, ooh, Mookie's going to get me something in return. The Reds and the Reds fan, I give credit to the Reds fan for being willing to give up the home run ball. And, you know, too, because, you know, it's a home run ball. Usually you have to get the guy that hit the home run to give up something, but for Mookie to do it. And his willingness to do it was pretty cool, too. So I give him props as well. But Betts doing it at, for an opponent at the opponent's ballpark is just straight up um, mad respect. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. So uh, good on Mookie Betts. I'm glad he's a Dodger, though. 
But I would have done it if he was still a Red Sox. Because, like I said, that's just something it's rare to see anymore. And um, glad to happen to have it happen. And I am glad now he is a Dodger, so it worked out for us in that aspect. But I got a World Series ring out of it, so I'm okay with it so far. All right. <laughs> All right. So. In his early years, Albert Pujols was nicknamed the Machine by sports writers and teammates when he was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. However, it might be time to give that moniker to Shohei Otani. Last week, the Angels, Angels, Angels organization <laughs> considered shutting down Otani for pitching for the rest of the season while he experienced arm soreness. However, after a bullpen session Friday, the team allowed Otani to start on Sunday. The result featured a 10-strikeout performance, though the team would lose 3-2. But to go from possibly not pitching again this season to starting and striking out 10 batters is a great feat. It definitely is, man. And I definitely do believe that that, that needs to be in, in talks and see if maybe we can give him that nickname. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty badass. This kid just ten, keeps doing ten things. strikeouts. And he plays both sides of the ball, dude. This is just, it's unreal what this kid does. It's like he's a machine. Oh, you think he's wearing down? I oh, no, he just needed a little bit of rest for his arm. Take an extra day off, or an extra two days off, and boom, comes out, and I strike out ten. I mean, come on. Right? What is that? Give me a break. Get out of here with that crap, man. This kid's a phenom. I love watching him. It's great baseball. Unfortunately, I just wish his team was actually makes in play. wonder if he can break every record there is. <clears throat> He's going to break some records, and it's going to be in Every in record life. there is, that kid could do it. Well, what's funny is, if, if you really think about it, if he truly focused just on hitting, he could probably chase Barry's single-season home run record. Yeah. If he really wanted to. Yeah. Because he's got the swing for it. Or if he just focused on pitching... He could probably lead the league He's in wins, strikeouts. So yeah. If later on in life he decided, oh, I'm just going to focus on batting nowadays. Yeah, he'll have that opportunity because, you know, the DH is going to be in forever and eventually the National League will probably give in and they'll have a universal DH rule for across the league. Cause, and but you hate that idea. I do because I I really don't think the DH is actually necessary at all because the and Shohei is proving that the DH is not really necessary. Make these pitchers hit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Shohei is the is not the exception to the rule. He is the defiance of the rule. Definitely. So. So what I love about this is we're we're getting to call this. Mm-hmm. And, and we were calling this before the actual sports analysts were doing so. So it's way awesome to see this kid doing what he's doing and continuing to thrive and break mm-hmm. records and do shit that you're just like, what? All right. Can't so, wait to see what he does the rest of the year. I just, like I said, like I was going to say, I wish his team was doing better so they would make the playoffs so we can have some playoff run. Dodgers, I'm get Troy. Oh, excuse me. I don't know what that was. Mm. Speaking of hitting, over here. speaking of hitting pitchers, who, but this one just doesn't hit home runs like Shohei does. Clayton Kershaw made a second start since coming off the Homer. injury list. Shut up! <laughs> Glad to have Shaw back, man. <laughs> Leave my Kersh alone. Plus, he's best friends with Matthew Stafford. Homer, shut up! <laughs> I can only say that now because he because <laughs> he's a ramp. Don't even get me started on that love affair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. 
<laughs> he got his first win since June. Almost by, almost as far back as your birthday. It was June 27th, by the way. Wow. Kershaw threw five innings and left with a huge lead. The bullpen was a bit shaky, but held on to an 8-5 win. Eight to win, 8-5 to five to give Kershaw that win. In his first start, that was last Monday, Kershaw only threw four innings as the team builds up his arm strength heading into the postseason. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Kershaw getting his first win since almost your birthday? Well, I'm glad he's he's back and he's he's getting them wins, dude. This will set him up for the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. What's best is, even if we don't get his strength up to where we need it to be for him to be a starting pitcher heading into the postseason, getting him where he's going to chew up some innings will make great work for him to come in as a relief pitcher. Oh, he used to be a good lefty coming out of the pen, pen for us in the postseason. And, uh, you know, because, come on, we got Bueller, Scherzer, Urias. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Walker. Texas Ranger. Oh, wait. I don't think he's from Texas. Never mind. But anyways, but, um, so either way, Kershaw, of course, will probably make the postseason roster, of course, if he's feeling well enough within his, in his arm. And we can use him either as a starter or, like I said, coming out of the bullpen. We need a good lefty coming out of the bullpen. And I wouldn't, I bet Kershaw would even take that opportunity because he'd still get a chance to pitch quite a, quite a bit. And, and an actual chance to win, too, so. And y'all can start start leaving him alone because, you know, he finally won a World Series. Yep. Anyways. All right, so. The race for the worst record in the league is a tight one as we enter the final two weeks of the regular season. <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles lead the Arizona Diamondbacks by one game for the worst record. It'll be interesting to see what happens between these two as we close out the season. The Diamondbacks have two series left with division rivals, the Giants and Dodgers. They would love nothing more to manage to keep one of those teams from winning the division and playing spoiler. Baltimore, on the other hand, will be lucky to win a game against the Phillies, Blue Jays, or Red Sox, though they could possibly make some noise against the Texas Rangers. So basically I'm saying that Baltimore should more than likely lock up the worst record by some point in this next two weeks. Probably, and go Baltimore because... Uh, as as an ex Diamondbacks fan, this is just sad, dude. It is what it is, but it's sad. Yeah, but you were a Sox. I mean, a, a Diamondbacks fan when they had probably the greatest pitching tandem ever in Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson. Shh, I know. And, and they beat the Yankees. That's and they got that World Series. That's all that matters, man. You win the World Series. That one one over the Yankees. That, right. Everybody. I don't care what you say. Everybody who. Likes baseball and hates the Yankees was Diamondbacks fans that year in 2001. Everybody was. No one wanted to see the Yankees win except Yankees fans. Otherwise, no one fucking wanted to hear the Yankees win. It was great, too. It was the greatest moment of my life until last year. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Until 2004. Eventually, you will have uh, put on your... uh, Put on your arm, added to your tattoo. That would be sweet. Yes, that's got to be fin- that's got to be in the finish. Uh, but uh, actually, sorry, 2004 was also a great year because of the Red Sox comeback against the yes, Yankees, yes. down three nothing in the ALCS. And the bloody sock, how you doing? And again, Kurt Schilling. How is Kurt Schilling making all these magical things happen? Because he's magical. <laughs> sure, we'll go, uh, we'll go with that. 
Anyways, moving on. From the diamond to the hard court. Are you to ready? the what? To the hard court. To Hardwood. the hard court. Hard court. Hardwood. Hardwood. Yeah, I know. I, I We were already laughing and I didn't want to make it worse. So I was saying hard court. <laughs> Anyways. Let's go to the hardwood. You would go there. Anyways, yeah. so the Houston Rockets and John Wall have agreed to mutually part ways via trade. The Rockets have some young talent they want to see they want to see get lots of time on the court and having Wall will hinder that. Wall would like to at least have a shot with a contender. A team that comes to mind in need of quality of a quality point guard would be the Los Angeles Clippers. However, their cap situation might be too tight to bring in Wall's big contract. If he were willing to take on a certain role, the Warriors, who have been linked to Damian Lillard, could possibly bring in Wall, who would have to be willing to take an off-ball role or even come off the bench, which actually may help him with his injury history. Cooper, your thoughts? Yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, but, you know, good for the Rockets to, to finally say, okay, we'll let you go, go somewhere else, you know, and, and you know maybe get some younger talent in there. We know that we all know they're in a, a rebuilding situation as it is. So it is what it is, brother. Yeah, it just kind of worries me a little bit though because um, this is going to be his third team in three years. Uh, his contract's bloated due to his and his injury history. Just is yeah. going to make things hard for Houston to really move on from him. And get much of anything, yeah. they're basically going to have to give Wall away for free, um, which, like I said, would be a good team, good thing for those two teams out west and the Clippers and Warriors because they don't want to have to give up a whole lot of assets just to get Wall. Yeah. And um, uh, the Clippers do need a good point guard, which, if Wall's healthy, he's actually one of the better point guards in the league. But that's when he's healthy. Whereas the Warriors don't really need him. That's why I kind of said, well, maybe they can go after Wall instead of Lillard because Lillard doesn't seem so intent on leaving quite yet from Portland. As well as the fact that they'd have to give up a lot to get Lillard. Whereas Wall, you could still get a pretty good player. Even though, yes, he does have that injury history, but maybe taking on less of a ball-dominant position or role with the ball club might actually be beneficial to his health because he's not having to create all the time. He doesn't have to drive against big guys and do kickouts or take it to the hoop and try to score against the big guy and getting smashed every freaking time he turns around. Yeah. So that might actually work in his favor and the Warriors' favor. Again, it's just going to be cap situation with that. I just, right now though, I don't really see anybody else picking him up. Um, that that would make sense, honestly, because everybody's right now kind of towards a youth movement, and of course, of course, Lakers fans are like, "Hey, he's old; he can come to LA. Like, we can't afford him. We can't even afford what we have, really. I don't know how we did, but we did." But Russell Westbrook, <laughs> good lord, this is going to be an interesting basketball season. I can't wait for training camp to open later this month. It's going to be weird. It's going to be insane. That's what it's going to be. This whole season is going to be nuts. I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm not. Come on. Because Big Man's going to get very irritated very quick, especially if people start getting hurt. He's like, damn it, our team's too old. What the heck? 
Oh, it's a walking antique store. <laughs> and our best player acts like he's old because he's injured half the time. Freaking yeah. Anthony Davis. Our big okay, our best younger player. Our best player is also starting to be more more often than he has ever in his career. But still, it's just like, oh my god, why? Why do you get more injury-prone people? You punks. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. You know what's sad is I don't really Everything. see anybody being better than LeBron after he leaves. Not for a while, anyways. I mean, do you? I really don't. No. I mean, Curry, Curry, if Curry can stay healthy. Curry's already in his 30s. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, that's the problem, too. And he's already had injuries, so his body could give way at any point, unfortunately. Um, the one who has the best chance right now, and because of his age and everything, if he develops his outside game a little bit more, might be Zion Williams. Sin. Hmm. Zion Williamson will probably be the closest we'll get to that type of greatness. I don't. I just worry because he's a pelican. Not only that, but he has to work on his leadership skills. That's um, when he's on that when he's on the court, you can just kind of tell that he's he's there, but he's not like, hey guys, I'm the I'm the leader of this team. I'm you know. Yeah, he's not really the alpha. Yeah. Which is why I've always said that. Which is that, weird because he's a big dude. You figure he would be. You know, which is why I've always said that they need that veteran leadership in some form of the way, like Bradley Beal. Yeah. Or getting... See, this is where some people might go, well, why not get John Wall? Because Wall's not always healthy. Yeah. And Wall might take too much responsibility on himself with that young of talent around him. And would not be available due to injury again. That's why I don't say New Orleans. Whereas Beal doesn't have a major injury history. Or if they could somehow convince Portland to give up Damian Lillard and get Damian Lillard, that would also be a great move for the Pelicans. But we'll see what happens. We will definitely see, dude. It's going to be fun. I don't care. Even, Even if the Lakers end up imploding... This NBA season will actually still be a good season because I don't. This is the first time in a while where no one really thinks even the returning champions or defending champions are the favorites to win it next year. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had that. Even that the, the they're not the favorite because. Or at least if it's not them, then the play, then the team they faced in the finals was the favorite to come back. Yeah. No, it's not even that next because I was thinking. Well, some people thought the Cavaliers and the War during the Cavaliers Warriors battles that the Cavs might have been the favorite going into the next season, even though the Warriors won. But then, if, so if we add that aspect to it, if you do think that way, then it's been a while since an NBA Finals team and their winner and their opponent has been considered the favorite going into the next season. Whereas now it's the Nets and the Lakers are considered favorites. I'm not even sure how the Lakers are considered favorites. I guess you're banking off their staying healthy. <laughs> then there's that. Right? If you're banking on them staying healthy, I guess I can see it, but even then I'm still kind of like, because eh, I don't know the chemistry, how it's going to work with Russell Westbrook. 
we'll see. But all I've been hearing is him and LeBron so far have been working together doing basketball workouts. So yay on that so far. Yeah, man. So we'll see what happens. But tomorrow we get to discuss football. Yes. Football, how you doing? Yes, and as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't implode tonight, I will actually win fantasy in my matchup this week. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Hey, man, as long as Aaron doesn't implode, he's your his favorite target is your receiver that could possibly get you the win. We'll see what happens. So we'll see. You know, that's Devontae Adams for those of you who yeah. don't know who we're talking about. Um, but so we get to talk about that. Of course, we get to talk about I'm NASCAR. I'm mad at myself, dude. You know. I understand, but you also thought you were wrong about your defense, but your defense turned out to be right only because their your defense ended up getting three picks. Two of them were pick sixes. So what's with Landry, man? That sucked. He got hurt. There's nothing you can do about that. That's not a wrong it call. Just, it just makes me mad because I really did. I was thinking, should I put him in? Put him in. I hate myself for not putting in freaking um, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Something told me, put in Rob Gronkowski, and the Niners are still going to mess around and not give Kittle the ball. What is wrong with the Niners and not giving Kittle the ball? The frick. I don't know, bro. We'll discuss it more tomorrow. <laughs> All right. And we get to talk about NASCAR, and we get to talk about who won, because I'm sure he's happy he's finally won when he moved on to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah, and then... We got AEW talk on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Episode three. Oh, yeah. And then Saturday, we will bring you the preview for Extreme Rules. Oh, yeah. Is that weird? That's a little weird. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) I won't do that again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. And then we'll be back with more baseball basketball talk after that. Anyway, so <laughs> that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on talking sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk W I T Cooper, the letter N Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.